Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. Constant cyber threats, convoluted regulations, the modern healthcare landscape is an ever-evolving minefield of risk, and those employing traditional GRC techniques are struggling to keep up, let alone get ahead. But there's good news. New AI-driven tools are giving the power to proactively identify, analyze, and address these novel risks in ways that were unthinkable even a few years ago. Today, I'm joined by Amanda Cohen, Director of Product at Resolver, a worldwide leader in risk and security management software to discuss how hospital finance teams can leverage these sophisticated solutions to transform risk management from a burden into a powerful strategic intelligence asset. Amanda, welcome to the show. Hi, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. Amanda, as we were discussing right before we uh, started to record, you, you know, compliance is everywhere. It's spread through every everything that we do in healthcare. And uh, I'm curious from your perspective, how can governance, risk, and compliance software help hospital finance teams specifically? Yeah, great question. So uh, governance, risk, and compliance software, or we often call it GRC software, uh, it helps hospitals get a better understanding of their risk exposure across the organization. A GRC tool is going to help with a couple different things and help a few different teams. So it can help you manage your compliance, manage your risk, uh, support internal audits, uh, third-party vendor assessments, business continuity, the list kind of goes on. But ultimately, the tools are there to help organizations understand where their greatest risk exposures lie and then determine whether they have the proper controls in place to ensure uh, that the business is operating effectively and you know adhering to the policies and procedures that you have in place. Uh, most importantly, uh, giving the organization a view into risk as a whole and then helping drive better decision making, you know, a culture of risk and compliance, um, and then helping the organization achieve its strategic objectives. So we can break that down a little bit because, you know, every employee deals with some facet of risk and compliance. Uh, whether it's during your onboarding and your training, whether it's setting your password on your laptop or, you know, um, or protecting patient privacy. Risk and compliance feeds into the daily lives of everyone, whether you're thinking about it actively or not. So compliance really does feed across the entire organization, and compliance professionals have a pretty diverse range of responsibilities depending on who they are and what their objectives are. You know, there's tactical elements of compliance. Uh, so whether you're submitting a claim, you know, are you capturing the right information? Are you billing appropriately? Um, all the way to that patient privacy example to make sure that we're really protecting all of our patients. Um, what a risk and compliance software does is really elevates that and says, you know, do we have clear visibility that the things that we have in place across the organization are operating the way they design, they're designed to? You might have a system that helps automate some of these facets, but, you know, is that working the way that it's intended? Are people adhering to the way, uh, to, the, to the process? And then, you know, rolling up that level of oversight so you can find those areas of concern across your business. Excellent. So how does traditional risk management vary from enterprise risk management? And what are some of the advantages of embedding an enterprise 
risk management function into the business? Yeah, so historically, when people have thought about risk, they often think about insurance. You know, are do we have insurance policies that protect us against potential exposure? Um, they've also tended to be pretty reactive. And so maybe an incident has occurred. And, you know, now that that gate's been let open, you know, what are the things that we need to do? And you're retroactively trying to apply changes um, and make sure that that doesn't happen again. You know, there's also been a lot of disconnect between teams. You know, the compliance team might not share information with audit or they might not share information with risk. But all of those teams really need to work collaboratively um, to make sure that you have the right insights. If everyone's working from their own isolated Excel document, you know, it's hard to understand or, or gain insight from that information. So, you know, back to the fact that risk is a part of everybody's life, whether you're crossing the street, you're buying a new piece of equipment, you're considering an acquisition, you need to think about risk holistically. So in a modern enterprise risk function, uh, you're really proactively thinking about risks and attempting to predict events before they actually occur. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, one of those really critical pieces is integration. So are teams able to share data? Are they working off consistent methodology? You know, is high risk really high risk across the entire organization or are we working off of different scales? Uh, recently, we actually did a risk assessment and we uncovered that, uh, you know, some of our key vendors, we, you know, we weren't quite protected enough against. And so we were able to quickly, you know, identify that and then take action to make sure that our contracts were amended. You know, we, we implemented some new process there and now we feel much more comfortable with our third party risk as a result of thinking about our key objectives that we have as an organization and then what types of risk could disrupt us from achieving those. And how can teams leverage real-time data insights to help inform their risk program? Yeah, so there's a couple different ways that you can do this. Some of the most common ways are pulling in incident data. So incidents are happening constantly uh, throughout uh, hospitals, healthcare, but that gives you a really good insight into whether your risks are materializing and maybe the controls you have in place are not adequately protecting you against that. So if you're feeding your incident data into your, your risk management system, you're going to be able to understand whether the risk that you have documented on the page is accurately um, reflective of how it's being recognized within the organization. Uh, there's also lots of key metrics uh, that you could pull into your system. We call those key risk indicators. And ultimately what that's going to do is, you know, maybe you're having an influx of privacy incidents or complaints um, or, you know, your vendors are not adhering to their, their SLAs. So let's feed that information in. And again, that's going to give you a better picture of how your risk program is operating. Are the risks and the controls you have in place, you know, really accurate? One of the major downfalls, I think, and really some of the criticism against uh, some of these GRC teams in the past is that the data that they're presenting is often out of date by the time it, it makes its way into the presentation or into the board deck uh, because people are doing risk assessments maybe once a year, once a quarter. But if you have the flexibility to consistently engage with the business and collect that information, then you're really much more able to address the risk at hand. So COVID is a key example. If you were you know, working in that traditional risk management process, you might have done your assessment of pandemics in December. And okay, so maybe that's sitting somewhere around like a moderate risk. You know, we didn't really know what kind of impact that could have had uh, two years ago. 
But come February, March, the world is a completely different place. And so if you're only looking at risk, you know, very infrequently, you're not going to have an understanding of how risk is um, accelerating within your business and making sure that you've got the right uh, things in place to address it. Amanda, my next question is is near and dear to my heart because at Bessler, we we work with hundreds of, of hospitals uh, across the United States as a business mm-hmm. associate, and um, and so we're we're constantly um, you know in a mode where we're we're having to. Uh, prove our our security and and and, and mm-hmm. ensure that <laughs> ensure that hospitals uh, feel confident that they can work with us as a as a partner. Um, and Definitely. and so when when you think about um, you know on the provider side, how can those teams um, proactively manage their third party risk exposure? Yeah, that's a great question. So your third party risk exposure is just another facet of your overall risk exposure as a business. Uh, your vendors are ultimately an extension of your organization. So your their risks are your risks. Their vulnerabilities are your vulnerabilities. So there's the traditional methods of, you know, do they have the right information security pieces in place? Are they ISO certified? Um, you know, are they adhering to all the HIPAA requirements? There's, you know, the traditional way of looking at them and saying from an InfoSec perspective, you know, are we covered? Are we, you know, confident that they're not going to get breached? But it also extends beyond that. It's, you know, are they a reliable software vendor or vendor as a whole? Do they have the financial viability to support you for their entire engagement? Uh, You know, are all your vendors concentrated in one single area? And what happens if that supply chain is disrupted? You know, what's the backup plan? So you need to stop thinking about third party as something that's off the side of your desk or maybe it just sits within the information security group. But how does that fit into your risk landscape as a whole? And then making sure that you've got the programs in place to, to do your due diligence against your third parties and make sure that you've got the coverage you need or, you know, the backups and the other alternatives there in place to protect you should something, you know, go awry. So let's um, turn to technology because we, we brought that up in the introduction. And, and as we mentioned, there's you know, a wide variety of new approaches um, being employed. So how is machine learning uh, being adopted into risk and compliance technology today? Yeah, great question. So machine learning is sprinkled into literature across all GRC technology, but I guess not just in GRC technology, technology as a whole. Everyone seems to be doing something with machine learning. Uh, But the way that we're thinking about machine learning at Resolver is uh, in two facets. So one is with incident management. Healthcare providers experience countless incidents every year, every day, every month. Um, And so what we're trying to do is help organizations triage those in a more effective way, whether they came in from a consumer, uh, you know, a complaint, uh, whether they're a breach, whether it's a whistleblowing incident, whatever it may be, we want to help organizations take action on that faster. So by pulling out a key understanding of what the incident actually was, we can help drive prioritization of those incidents and make sure that the right people are being notified appropriately and making sure that, you know, investigations are happening and that things are closing off um, as they need to, but really making sure that that incident is seamlessly working its way through the process uh, so that we can get a resolution and feed that information back into our risk system. 
The other way we're looking at it is from a regulatory compliance perspective. Uh, so we've partnered with another organization called Ascent, and where they're really valuable is they help parse down regulatory obligations and feed that directly into our compliance offering. Uh, what's great is that they, um, rather than pulling in the entire landscape of what you might have to adhere to, which, you know, as anyone who's looked through compliance obligation is pretty, pretty vast, uh, what they do is they distill that information down exclusively to what the organization has to adhere to, and then they track changes to make sure that you always have a pulse on the most recent regulatory information and that you can have the confidence that your program is always up to date. Okay. And what are some tips that you have for successfully implementing a risk management program at a provider organization? So the way I would think about it is don't boil the ocean. There's a lot that you can do, and I'm sure there's a lot that you aspire to do, but get an understanding of where you stand today, uh, where you need immediate improvements and where you hope to immediately see value, and then where you want to be in two years, five years, and then find a tool that'll help you grow with that. You're also gonna to wanna to get some alignment between teams. So maybe you're just kicking off with a compliance program or maybe just with risk. So find the other teams, the other cross-functional teams that you're gonna work with and get an understanding of what their goals and objectives are. Because that way, when you look to grow, uh, you can all start working off the same tool, you can share insights and you can ultimately reduce the burden for everyone. So. Think long-term a little bit while you're getting prepared to make sure that you're not implementing just, you know, a point solution that's going to meet your immediate need, but you're eventually going to need to go and re-implement, you know, in a year and a half or two years as you start to think about things more holistically. Great advice, Amanda. If someone wanted to find out more about you or Resolver, where can they go? So to reach me, you can find me on LinkedIn uh, at Amanda Cohen. There's a lot of us, <laughs> but, um, and then alternatively, you can find us at resolver.com, R-E-S-O-L-V-E-R.com. Um, and there's a lot of information for you there. Uh, should you want to learn a little bit more? Excellent. Amanda Cohen, thanks for joining us today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Thanks for having me. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.